Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. And I love that some people started coming actually talking about like toxic positivity and they're like, you know, you always gotta be happy. You always gotta, I'm like, fuck off, man. You know how many times in my life rage has gotten me to do something that really moved me forward? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> well, since 90 to 95% of our brain is subconscious long-term memory. Uh, so what we're doing right here, right now, people listening, uh, that's 5% of our brain. Uh, so knowing that, the idea in even what I do with people is to bring what's not conscious conscious, right? And so that requires taking time to observe what's going on in your own head. Posture syndrome that we talk to with entrepreneurs, you know, they never say I'm not, I'm not good, but when you're look, you, you get the new big client, it's, oh, I, I, I don't know if I can pull this off. I, you know, I think that, you know, it's all those little things like that. It's not the, oh, I'm not good enough. It's the, I don't think this is going to work. You know, most of my life, I thought I had my shit together and things figured out. But let me tell you. When I met today's guest, this gal flipped me on my freaking head and helped me see things that I didn't know were actually holding me back. And let me tell you, one of the things I want you guys to understand is the moment you think you got it figured out is a moment you don't know shit. So today we're bringing on Mandy Morris. She's one of my personal coaches. She's one of Kevin's personal coaches. She's also a therapist. And so I tell her to fuck off on a regular basis because she hits so well and gets inside my head to really help me figure out and break through the shit that is holding me back. So I'm really excited to bring her on. Joe. Thanks, sir. Thanks for having me on. Also, the the, the fuck offs. Uh, that's how I know I'm doing my job. Absolutely. So Every time this. I tell, tell Mandy, <laughs> I literally will say fuck off, Mandy. And we know we've hit a good moment in our conversation. Mm -hmm. So, Mandy, why do so many people struggle with just reaching out and asking for help from people like you or people that have accomplished and done what they've done? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like the ongoing stigma that can, I think is getting better, but I mean, it comes from all sorts of things. It's, you know, think about your parents and the generation they were brought up in. It's for whatever reason, we don't talk about the family business. We don't talk about our own things because you don't want other people to see you in a negative light or, you know, whatever, or whatever it may be. You know, I think the other thing too, is that I think more so than even society and upbringing, I think... Everybody, to a degree, unless you become aware of it, uh, stigmatizes themselves because you're placing some sort of uh, value to the idea of asking help that it means that there's some character flaw with you or that you're in some way weak because you don't know the answers to everything or how to figure everything out. And I think it's especially more difficult for men um, because there's this, uh, whether it's from your upbringing or from society or whatever, you guys struggle more with the expression of emotions and feelings because uh, that feels like a sign of weakness to a lot of dudes. Um, for sure. not masculine yeah, I, enough for whatever it, it may be. So, I mean, well, all these things contribute to people thinking that they don't need to reach out to anybody. 
Well, I, I think it's a uh, from at least from the guy side, it is the the expected role we're supposed to be playing and how mm-hmm. you're supposed to what what people perceive as how they're supposed to show up uh, outside of the privacy of their own house and their own mm-hmm. home and their you know the their the closest circles within their lives. There's a supposed way you're supposed to show up, and especially in the business world. No one wants to ever admit that they're having that things aren't going as great as they should be. You know, now mm-hmm. you're that, that leads to just all kinds of of thoughts. You know, if you're, you know, if your business isn't performing, you you definitely want you you know most people don't want to throw that out in the in the ether because you know what if a prospect hears that maybe they don't won't hire me now because they're afraid we aren't going to be around in a year. You know, there's all kinds of that stuff going on that you feel you got to keep all that stuff really close mm-hmm. to your close to your chest and not throw it out in the world where people yeah. might, might use it against yeah. you. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and on that note too, it's so it's, there's two main extremes for why people don't uh, get help, ask for help. And it's one of the top self-sabotaging behaviors in leadership. Uh, it's like in the top 10 of them, the uh, inability to ask for help or support, but there's the two ends. There's the shame on one end, and then there's grandiosity on the other end. So the people who are who uh, think that they know themselves better than anybody else, and that they know it all, and they're up here on their high horse, thinking that they don't—it's beneath them to ask for help. And then there's the people who are so in their shame that they fear, like you said, Kevin, people finding out. What does this mean about me if I, you know, admit that? I'm not where I want to be in whatever area. So I think it's on those two ends is where we have the most problems. Yeah. On the shame side of things, I know one of the things that I struggled with personally was, would I actually like the person who I discovered going through the Mm. journey? Right. I mean, because there's a level of courage it takes to sit across from somebody like you and be willing to get vulnerable enough. And I don't want to talk about, you know, vulnerability, like from a weakness standpoint, but, but vulnerable enough to go talk about some real shit. And I, I think, you know, especially for us out running businesses and stuff, we're always used to in a business environment, which is so loosely defined anymore, what a business environment is, that we're only supposed to talk business, that we're only supposed to right. to carry on the stuff. So, you know, the the ability to sit across from somebody and open up and share some of the shit you're dealing with and everything is one of the most courageous acts on the planet, you know, because mm-hmm. you're allowing somebody else to to step in and see through your lens and see through your eyes. And I think for a lot of people, myself primarily, it's discovering the things that are truly holding you back that really becomes the breakthroughs. Like it could be, you know, a fear Mm -hmm. of success or it could be, you know, a a fear of wealth uh, or a fear of failing, you know, any of these type of things. Mm -hmm. When somebody is going through their particular journey, what is it that that gets them to the point of, okay, I need help. I need some support with this. What has to go through their head? Uh, Yeah. So, I I mean, I think there's lots of different uh, situations of what could go through someone's head, but I think it's the um, noticing the chronic and constant uh, like stress or frustration that then is impacting their the way in which they're functioning at work or in relationships at home or in any area. I mean, I always say you can't check your baggage at the door just because you go to work. And people think you can and you can't. And uh, and so I think there's this, I mean, as they say, you know, the first step is admitting there's a problem. It's being the, the ability to admit to yourself, I am not at my best or I'm not doing good at all. And this is really starting to impact um, the way in which I I show up in my relationships with people and at work. Um, and I think past that it's, there's, you know, there's either the people who are okay with the idea of getting help. But in this case, with what we're talking about, unfortunately, those who fear or feel it is, um, you know, one of those extremes for, for getting help, the shame or the, I'm too good for this. Um, I think that 
the main thing that will go to their mind is they get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And unfortunately that that ends up being the breaking point. And I so wish people would knew, like you don't have to get to a low to, you know, to a rock bottom, so to speak, um, to start that process. And, you know, and to be quite honest and transparent here, you know, cause I was a therapist first before I did the executive coaching. Um, but I, I pretty much operate the same way. I mean, it looks different for coaching than it does with therapy because we're more forward focused with that. However, I've had to change my language around because a lot of people, CEOs, business owners, executives, they don't like the idea of a therapist. And so I'm a coach, you know, right. Which is fine. Like, and it's not a knock on coaches or anything like that. It's proving the stigma point around it. And which is why, you know, one of my catchphrases now on my website is I make the best better. So that there's not this stigma around if I have a problem. But the reality is, is if we're talking, there's an issue going on to make you better. And it's not a weakness. It's being human. And the sad statistic is that 90 to 95 percent of people think they're self-aware when in reality, only 10 to 15 percent are. Everybody's well, I got think, blind spots. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, you know, in my head, I think it can be even simpler than that. It doesn't have to be that there's a there's necessarily a problem i i think mm-hmm. it really can come down for a lot of people if they're asking themselves one or two questions over and over if they're asking themselves you know why why is this happening or why do i do it this way and they're, they're asking the why oh, why do i always end up here yeah that mm-hmm. one too yeah, why, why is the know, same pattern why yeah why does thing yeah. happen or oh, the other one yeah. is or the other question that if they're asking themselves and they're trying to figure out internally that should be a clue is like, hey, I should go talk to this person is how how do I get to here? You know, and mm-hmm. I, I think making that shift from, oh, you got to have a problem to come get a coach or a talk to a therapist to, hey, I'm trying to figure out these things that move me forward mm-hmm. because here's where I want to yeah. be. That changes the whole paradigm around the conversation. Yes. Yeah, and and I think that that when you say, oh, you know, I keep asking myself, why is this and why is that? I'm going to ask someone who can actually help me figure out the why instead of just, Mm -hmm. you know, continually Mm -hmm. dwelling on it. Now it's a positive conversation. It's not Mm -hmm. a I'm broken and I need to fix myself conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, And uh, along those lines, too, it's, you know, sometimes exactly, you know, people who I work with, they they just want to get to the next level. And they just want to figure out what a you know bigger, better version of them would look like in growing their business or in getting to the next level position or whatever it may be. And that's not necessarily because they're doing anything wrong. However, everyone's got mindset barriers that keep them from, you know, they hit their own ceilings. Um, and that's never a negative thing. It's just the reality of being human. And we can't see things for ourselves because we live with ourselves every day. Like I'm, I am very open about being a therapist who has a therapist and a coach and, you know, and all the things too, because it's just part of being human. Well, honestly, if you're, if you're seeing a therapist or a coach and they don't have one of their own, are they probably the right one to be talking to? Because they obviously don't believe in either therapy or coaching, one of the two, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love the idea that it's, it's helping the best get better because the, uh, for a lot of us that have achieved some things and found some level of success, I don't want to move backwards. I want to level right. up, right. You know, and, and do something in a bigger way or impact more people in a louder mm-hmm. way or find some more, you know, personal success, you know, on this journey. And, you know, sometimes you just need a damn sounding board to mm-hmm. filter the damn thoughts in your head. Uh, hey, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about this. And when you got somebody that's clinic- clinically trained to, you know, not only help you think through it, but poke through why you may be thinking in a certain direction, you know, there's a lot of power in that, in, in the ability mm-hmm. to get that kind of feedback. And I just think a lot mm-hmm. of people either they may not want the feedback or they don't like the feedback, but I think the best mm-hmm. of the best thrive off of that said mm-hmm. feedback. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, you've said this before, Donnie, like you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Yep. You always want to be bettering yourself in some way. And yeah, I, it's, it's, a, it's unfortunate that more people don't take advantage of it. Um, but when, like when I'm working with clients and let's say we did do some, you know, we had to work through some issues that were going on, but now they're ready for more of like the coaching piece of it. I'm like, this is the fun part. Now we get to, really look at the future and what 
what your idea of the you one year from now or the you, you know, five years from now, whatever it is, what you want that to look like. And that's exciting. Hey, Donnie Bobine here, CEO of Success Champions Networking. And I just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network. Success Champion Networking isn't for the beginning networker. It's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved. Stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you. If you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals, visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com and I look forward to seeing you there. Yeah, I, I think that's one of my favorite things to, to do with you, honestly, is to sit down and go, okay, I'm thinking about taking the business this direction and doing these things. You know, these are some of the issues that are rising as we're doing it. These are some of the, the things that I'm thinking about trying to employ, you know, help me walk through those. And, you know, the, the conversation then gets pushed to cool what do you think? I mean, you know, the pushback and everything to allow yeah. us to, to get there. And I think most honestly for me, uh, you've helped me see where there's times that I think and maybe see big picture. And then there's times I, I'm looking at it through a too small a lens because mm -hmm. I haven't been able to see the whole, the whole scope of things. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I know you have several like processes and things people can go through on their own to to work on them on themselves and uh, to better the things they're doing. Um, if they're not ready to reach out to a coach or a therapist, what are some of the things that people could potentially do themselves to start working on themselves to help the best make get better? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, well. Since 90 to 95% of our brain is subconscious long-term memory. Uh, so what we're doing right here, right now, people listening, uh, that's 5% of our brain. Uh, so knowing that, the idea in even what I do with people is to bring what's not conscious conscious, right? And so that requires taking time to observe what's going on in your own head and taking time to look at where... Where do I have frustration? Where do I have maybe some anxiety or some sadness or whatever uh, it may be? The whole idea of behind emotions and permission to feel is looking at emotions as data and not as uh, something that needs to be suppressed or hidden. Because right. when you actually stop and 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 accept and acknowledge how you're really feeling about things. Cause the, the, you know, our feelings are the, you know, internal triggers that go off to our experiences and our surroundings and what's going on in our world. Um, and looking at emotions as indicators of things that you need. Um, and so I think a process of learning to become, I jokingly say like, learning to become the little inner scientist of yourself, like really just <laughs> stopping and, and observing your thoughts. I mean, some people have mixed feelings around journaling or whatnot, but I always say you would never do a complex math problem in your head. You would write it out, you know, get the stuff externalized in some way, uh, whether it's talking it out or writing it out um, and start doing an inventory of, am I really where I want to be? Like yeah. some honesty with yourself and, you know, especially with successful people, you know, the whole uh, imposter phenomenon that's there, it, the, the definition of it is, despite evidence of success, you still feel like you're not good enough or you're a failure, whatever it may be. But, any, but to even get to that place, you have to start paying attention to yourself and not just operating in life through reactions and auto responses. Love it. Love it. You have a quote that I love and it says, be brave enough to be bad at something. That is where the real magic happens. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's growth mindset and fixed mindset. And most of us growing up, we were probably told, do what you're good at. Go do that. Right. Uh, you have a natural knack for blank. So you should be blank. When all that does is actually hinder people from growing in lots of different ways. And so when you do something that you're not good at, then the tendency is to quit or to feel like you're a failure or whatever it may be. 
But if you're used to trying new things or being okay with being bad at something, then you're going to learn how to master that thing if you want to. And right. it's there's not going to be this internal, like, personal attack on yourself because you're not good at one of the one of the uh, main uh, common themes around the most successful people in the world is that they all know how to fail because they look at it at, as growth. And so if more people can try to do the thing that they're afraid to do, cause they might not be good at it or know how to do it yet, but they think it's, you know, it's, they long to do it or there's a passion there or they know that's going to get them to the next spot. Um, the idea is to be brave enough to fail and mess up and be bad at something. Yeah. I think for, for me, there's, there's, there's a weird moment of time. Sometimes I love going and learning new shit and breaking things and figure it out. And there's other times I'm like, yeah, not so much. Right. You know, I, I don't want to go that particular yeah. direction. And I, and I think it's, the things that I perceive as that might be fun to learn or that could be a good time, you know, those I'll lean in faster on. But the things that I think there's going to be a lot of work, maybe a lot of heavy lifting, you know, are the things I'm not so excited to to give after. Um, and it's always fascinating for me. And, you know, I feel like my entire journey, I have been on the self-help game. And I truthfully think the self-help game hurt me more than it actually helped me because I was reading books of think happy thoughts and, you know, all this wishful, magical crap oh, that gets the thrown positive out. positive bullshit. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I love that some people started coming actually talking about like toxic positivity and they're like, you know, you always yeah. got to be happy. You always got to, I'm like, fuck yeah. off, man. You know how many times in my life rage has gotten me to do something that really moved yeah. me forward getting pissed off that, you know, over things like this is how it's always done. So the way we do it, fuck off, hold my beer and watch this. We're going to go a different direction, you right. know? And I, and I, and I think that, or I should say, I love the fact that, that the noise is coming out in the marketplace of like, turn off the dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Let's go use what we're already given, what's already in our ability and power and let's get tactical and move forward. So mm-hmm. for me on the, the self-help stuff, it felt good to hear that stuff. Like, oh, you can think happy thoughts and you're going to be a millionaire, right? It felt good. And I think that's where they but suck you in. so hard to apply. Yeah. Yeah. Because right, it's not right. always realistic. Yeah. Right. You know, how... The- we 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 have yeah we we've talked to multiple people who've had that outlook on like oh just build your business and the universe will provide and you'll you'll be able to grow and I'm like what the hell how did so I'm just also sitting here are there and, magic and it'll work fairy, you know dust bunnies something that are gonna come around and be like poof you have a business I mean you know uh, it's yeah, a well, it, it, yeah yeah well and you know the it's so here here's the I don't know. The the difficult part about it is most pessimists think they're realists and most optimists think that they need to stay that way. When in reality, sometimes too much optimism can be harmful, um, which is a whole nother topic to begin with. And, you know, a realistic mindset is the person whose ability to look at all things at all angles, have flexible thinking. Um, but it's those sorts of like in the in the self-help world, the, the overly positivity, but they don't really like let you know that, hey, this is self-care is hard work. Self-care is a discipline. It's something that doesn't you don't want to do a lot of times um, versus like, let's well, sing happy Songs and have happy I, I thoughts. Think the, the, the the people that are always chipper, always happy, always over the top excited are probably some of the most fucked up people on the planet because they have to put on a front so much. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think that it's gotta be exhausting as fuck to constantly be like, ooh, shiny happy people, you know, all the damn time. Well that's yeah. I did a post not too long ago and it was check on the people who you think have it all together. Like those are the ones you need to check on. That's that's a really good thought, probably because the people that that look like they have it figured out are likely the people that are the most fucked up dealing with it. Yeah. Well, you Uh, you know all the celebrity um, deaths that have been comedians before, which there's been a number of them. Chris Farley being one of them. You know, mm -hmm. other people, but Robin Williams. Robin Williams. They were the 
the life of the party, but they struggled with depression and addiction and, you know, obviously suicidal tendencies. And so it's, do, do you think that's a form of, 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 of escapism? They're like they're trying to put on a front so nobody will recognize them, see them as a true self. Um, or, or is it something beyond that? Yeah, I mean, it, it can, can be a lot of things. I think some of the things that it could be is, yes, it, a form of escapism through something that you're good at. You know, you get affirmations from ex, like the external from other people, which we all love to have compliments and have validation from others and affirmations. Um, but you can't be dependent on it. Like, you so, have to be able on. to do that for yourself. I got to ask a question because I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that before. I thought affirmations in the way it was brought up, I was brought up on it, was only internal dialogue with herself. Are you saying affirmations come from other people? They can. Other people can affirm you. I can say, hey, Donnie, you're the, you're the, the best guy at SEN, and I'm going to just affirm that you, you know, you're good at what you do or whatever. Um, you know, compliments, affirmations, affirmations you can say to yourself too, but I mean, it's all in the same so I want to talk Genre. through this because I love this idea. So, so is it validating an affirmation I already have in my head or is it potentially contradicting something I thought about myself and then it becomes something I own? Does that so, make sense? Let me, let me see if I'm, if I'm hearing that right. So the, if you affirm yourself, then you're truly trying to, uh, believe and and ingrain this sort of nurturing care right, for yourself. I, I, I hate the whole, yeah, Stuart Smalley. Smalley stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right, and gosh darn right, it, people right. like me. Right, right. <laughs> but so the thing the thing with affirmations though internally, if you don't believe them, it's not gonna work well. And but I think so, for when it's someone else affirming you But when someone can, else does it it's that can totally be in, in complete conflict with what you think about yourself. Well, because right. I, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, and it's always going to go back to what do you believe about yourself? You know, Donnie, we it, talk about this a lot. Yeah. So, but if it's, if it's, if somebody else is able to affirm you, mm-hmm. isn't that the same thing of needing their validation? You so shouldn't need that affirmation. To, well, it's okay to like it and to receive it and to use Fair. that as as um, almost. I mean, it's just it's a I don't know another block. word, but but a building block. It's it's nurturing for ourselves to hear that. But if you are like, oh man, the only relief you get about how you feel about yourself is when other people say something because you're beating out the hell out of yourself in your mind, you know, every day and. And finally, you got some relief from that because you heard something from someone. But you're still going to go back to how you think about yourself, and that's mm. going to and that's going to be what you operate out of, you know. Because our brain can't hold two conflicting beliefs. I can't believe I'm good enough and I'm not enough. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sh- you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I am so showing up to our operations meeting on Monday, and Donnie's going to have been a- added in a affirmation section to the meeting. Oh God, no. <laughs> God no, yeah. I, I've always struggled with the the the. Oh, I'm just gonna you know think happy thoughts and tell myself I'm awesome and shit's gonna be good, because I know from personal experience for myself that if I if if if, if I'm not taking actions and things aren't breaking, there's nothing I can do to change it. Right. So so mm-hmm. there's no amount of words that are gonna magically slap me upside the head and get me to push forward. In right. in life, but I also will say words have fucking power. So I right. could be talking to somebody and say something that they take out of context, or they they have some own internal head trash about themselves, and then I say something over the top that hits them, triggers them, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and it mm-hmm. has more to do with their own shit than the words that actually came out of my mouth. Right, right. Well, so like, okay, so let's do a real time example here. So Donnie, you start to, or Kevin, either one of you, get frustrated, uh, don't like the the direction in which something's going, or you thought something was going to work out and it didn't, and the automatic thought in those moments are what? 
So like when you're upset and not happy right. with where things are. I th- go ahead, Kevin. Well, no, I like I need more detail. Yeah, what is the situation? You know, right. what just threw up, you know. Sure. So, okay, all right. So, Donnie, um, what's something in the past year that you remember um, making you not feel good about yourself? Past year that I remember make me not feel good about myself. Um, so we did recently did a trade show with my brothers. We did all this woodcraft and everything else. They both outsold my ass. I didn't sell a damn thing. So at that moment, I was like, what the fuck am I even doing here? Okay, right there. All right, perfect example. That's the automatic thought. You want to pay attention to the automatic thoughts. Those are those neuro pathways that just automatically, there's already wiring in your brain for it. So the thoughts just without any effort, they go there. So why the fuck am I even here? That probably isn't helpful, right? Because you've had that thought and then you felt what way? Oh, that I should be back working on success champions and not sitting in a fucking trade show doing little wood <laughs> crafts and shit. That's the thought. Right, right. Right. Well, which that and that might not be a bad thing. You know, that kind of oh, gives you not. direction and perspective. It's the right, thing. <laughs> but, right, right, right. But the if the thought then creates this internal distress about yourself, it's not helpful. So just like positive thoughts don't always aren't always helpful, negative thoughts don't have any value to them. Like they don't get you into problem solving mode. And even if they're true, they're not helpful. Like, so what the hell am I doing here versus it's, it's normal that my brother just outsold me. Well, and what's even funnier is they should have outsold me because my older brother, that's what he does full time. That's his fucking right, company. Right. right? right. So, so they, right. They, they, they should have outsold me. The, right. the, the negative thought that ran through my head wasn't, Hey, what a cool time to hang out with your brothers. Uh, right. It was, why the fuck am I sitting here when there's other things I could be doing? Right, right. And so I, I, I tell people, it, the idea is to find a, a believable, neutral thought that's true of all people, uh, especially like, because if someone were to say to you, oh, Donnie, look on the bright side, or it's not that bad, you'd be like, shut up. Right? <laughs> let, me be, let me be mad. Let me, let me be mad, yeah. right? Yes. Um, right. And so the, the idea is to find something neutral, normalizing, um, like it's people fail or people make mistakes or, you know, the, I've, this is the first time I've done this. It's normal to be frustrated. Like you're just normalizing your experience with it instead of going down the negative negativity route, but you're not also not being overly positive. It's like, uh, this, this example is just popping to my mind. Um, I was trying to think of a different one, but I'll just go with this one because it proves the point that like, um, like, I have a, like a woman that I'm working with in therapy and she has some body image issues or whatever. So instead of, you know, her, every time she looks in the mirror is, ooh, gross. And, and so instead of that, I look like a woman. <laughs> and that sounds kind of silly, but it's, it's not like, hey, I think I look great and I'm this awesome person and all of that. Cause you know, if you've ever been in that headspace or, you know, for this person, she's not going to believe that, but I, look like a normal woman, it's less miserable than the negative thought that then creates the anxiety, the frustration, the depression, like all the stuff. So all that to say, paying attention to your thoughts and finding more helpful ones um, doesn't mean that they have to be overly positive. But sometimes, I think though sometimes that, that uh, framing of, you know, I, um, you know, I'm normal. This is this is a normal thing. Is going to be more powerful than the opposite because it actually allows you to move your thinking. Yeah, yeah. You know, normal I'm being normal isn't a bad thing. I want to. I'm going to push on that. Oh, because that's why I want to push on it. I don't want to be fucking normal ever, right? But I, I think it's it depends on the situation, well, though. So, so you know. I knew you were about to say that, Johnny. I knew you were about to say that. So. <laughs> So it's not about like that, though. It's about an emotional experience you're having with a negative thought about yourself 
that, that is a is normal experience. That, that, I'm, that is placing judgment on yourself. That can take, depending on who you are, you got to know yourself. Does that take you down the dark, deep rabbit hole of negative self-talk or not versus normalizing the experience, not who you are as a person? Fair enough. That's, yeah, uh, I, I like that said better that way. Because, because there's nothing that means you can't get better. You know, you know, uh, hi, 50 year old man, uh, going to have old man body at some point. Uh, but, you know, that, but that's okay. There's nothing that's stopping me from now taking action so that I don't look like an average 50 year old guy. Right. But, but living in the, oh, my body, I, I hate my 50-year-old body is just such a horrible place to be. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, this is what 50-year-old, this is what 50 looks like. Sweet. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Now what do I do with that? You know, it's what you do with it. You, you can't just stay in that area. But It's the, it, it's it's the value and the judgment that you assign to the thoughts. Yes, because yeah. uh, this is what 50 looks like is a choice. Because somebody who takes care of their fucking health and their takes care of their diet and really works out is going to look different than somebody who doesn't, right? So mm-hmm. how you look at it, 50, is still a lot of choice in that factor. So I like the idea of how it either ter- allows you to own what normal means, mm-hmm. right? That this could be just a normal portion of life. Not saying you're normal – this is normal for. Yeah. Right, right. Well, and it keeps you from getting into that, you know, in psychology land, the inner critic, right? That that negative self-talk that where you're being the judge of yourself and that judgment and that negativity, uh, whether, you know, people believe it or not, is going to affect your mental fitness and your yep. the way in which you move forward and, and all of that. Uh, it creates... You know, negative thoughts, there's research on how it creates more toxins in your body. That's with a mind-body connection. Um, and so, I mean, literally everything gets affected by what goes on up here. Yeah. I, I, I can tell you that the days I'm having a perceived good day, right, I'm a lot more productive, a lot more things get done, and I accomplish a lot more. The days that I'm having a, a shitty day or things have just stacked up and everything else, you know, there's a lot more chances for me to get derailed throughout the day because mm-hmm. there's a lot more stress. There's a lot more thoughts. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know about everybody else, man, but once I get in my head, boy, it's really fucking hard to get out of there. Yeah. Because you, know, well, you start so, playing the tapes. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is when you – when you notice the thoughts, because that's what we'll notice first is the thoughts and the feelings, but those are symptoms of the issue. And the issue goes back to what it, you're believing about yourself. That is not a conscious thing that you're running through your head, but like, you know, the thought of, um, you know, worrying about what someone might think about you, let's say, or you walk into a room with like, you know, all these stakeholders and, and now all of a sudden you feel intimidated or small or whatever. It's like, whether you realize it or not, you're probably in a, in a moment of, of a negative belief along the lines of, am I really capable? Am I good enough? Am I going to be, am I going to fail? You know, whatever it may be. And, and getting, switching your operating system from that unhelpful negative belief to what's really true is I'm, I'm capable. Like, so like you were saying, Donnie, when you're in a good headspace, you're probably in your zone, you're probably believing that you're, you know, you got this, you're capable, you know what you're doing, whatever it may be. And so your operating system is then, you know, less frustrating and stressful. It's more relaxed, more motivating. You know, there's all these better outcomes with it, but the thoughts and the feelings, the idea is for that to lead you to whatever it is you're believing about yourself so that you can switch tracks there. Yeah, as as an introvert, every time I'm going on stage to speak, I I, I literally go through that because mm-hmm. you I literally, as an introvert, it goes right to, you know, oh my god, this is gonna, this is going to suck, and I'm going to fail. This is, I'm you know, I'm going to fall apart on stage because, you know, just the mental trash that comes with the the being an introvert. But it's it's you know, the, I had to learn how to recognize that. All right, here. That's not a accurate statement mm-hmm. and how to change the thought process uh, because I just know it's going to pop into my head. 
You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it is a stage of 30 or a stage of 100 or I'm going in front of 1,000. That pops into my head every time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, if you really want to do some therapy on yourself at home, then if you can notice what those thoughts are, figure out, okay, so what does it feel like that this means about me that I'm thinking these thoughts to myself? It feels like it means that I'm helpless or I'm powerless or I'm, I'm not good enough, whatever it may be. Then, then the question is, what's the earliest time in your life you ever remember feeling that way? Right. And that's where the origins of the belief started. And then it gets confirmed through other experiences. And you'll probably be able to see that it was never true to begin with. So it's not true now, but it's just there as neurological junk, as I like to call it. And oh, yeah. As you said, Kevin, head trash. Yeah, yeah. For me, I was always the shy kid. And then you get to high school, it's you have to do the speech, speaking thing. And the first time mm-hmm. I did it, it was literally the worst experience of my life, you know, for public speech, uh, public speaking class. And that's just been the whole thing ever since. So, you know, and it's just now a... You know, I understand where it comes from, but I understand how to make it not be a thing when I'm speaking so that I don't have a bad experience in front of a thousand people, which would just right. be horrible. But, you know, it, but it, it took me figuring out, all right, so this is a thing. It's not true. Uh, and then, all right, mm-hmm. so how do I stop that 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 uh, mm-hmm. thought process when it when it creeps mm-hmm. in? Yeah. yeah. Well, and sometimes it is going to the worst case scenario and knowing that going through that, okay, I get embarrassed, I suck, I do all the wrong things, and then what do I do? Well, then I I move on. Like, then I, I'll survive it. You know, it, there's that part of it, too. All right, go ahead, well, and, and, like, for me, the big thing for me is just in that specific, specific scenario of the speaking thing, one of the things that I was always told is, like, all right, so to, to stop paying attention that there's, a, you know, a few hundred people in the room, focus on individual people in the crowd and just move around the crowd and look at connect, make eye contact with different people in the crowd. Uh, and the one time I was doing that, uh, the lady like couldn't keep eye contact. She looked down and it was all I could do to not laugh. Uh, but <laughs> it was literally me, broke that, that chain for me of the whole concept of me feeling embarrassed being on stage. Like, Oh, they're embarrassed for me too. Uh, and they, they want, they don't want to see me fail. And it helped me have that, that, uh, that realization, mm-hmm. but yep. you know, yeah. it's go ahead, Donnie. And I was say, I, I, I struggle with the words, like I'm not good enough or what's strong enough. Those things. Cause I never have those particular thoughts. Right. Well, and it doesn't, those are like, uh, con- conceptual feelings about yourself. Right. Like, cause it's always something deeper than that you yeah. know that, that like that, that, going oh, from i'm i'm not a good guy to i'm a good dude right, well, right. It's, it's it's kind it's, of the, that's the same thing of the of imposter syndrome that we talk to with entrepreneurs you know they never say i'm not i'm not good but when you're look, you you get the new big client. It's oh, I I, I don't know if I can pull this off. I you know I think this, you know it's all those little things like that. It's not the oh, I'm not good enough. It's the I don't think this is going to work. Or well, and what that's happen- why it, what, hap- yeah. what happens if I screw this up? You know, yeah. it's that yeah, these are not conscious, thoughts. yeah, not conscious thoughts, and that's why people digging in and doing their own. Uh, work around what they really think and how they feel about things and paying attention to all of that. Because what ends up happening is it comes out in self-sabotaging behavior. It comes out in procrastinating. It comes out in dwelling on mistakes or um, making excuses for your behavior or like, you know, choosing to stay comfortable maybe over what's healthy or not communicating expectations. Well, I mean, it comes out in all these things that are self-sabotaging, but that is a symptom of something that you're actually believing about yourself. Like and that was my whole maybe point. I am back a on that, that that phrase is I think it's often said in the marketplace of the I'm not good enough, strong enough, whatever else. When when what really is is all the things that are behind it that that make it look like mm-hmm. you think you're not good enough, strong enough, blah blah yeah. blah. It may not be the actual phrase. Yeah. Well, another example of that is some uh, women of minority in leadership positions who feel like they have to show up in these really like masculine uh, power ways in order to have any respect or to be able to, 
you know, do what they need to do. And for a lot of them, that comes from a sense of feeling inferior or a sense of feeling maybe not safe or whatever it may be. And so, I mean, this can look like a whole lot of different things, but your behavior and your thoughts and feelings are going to be reflective off of what's in there that you believe about yourself. Right. And I, and I think that the, a big indicator that there may be potentially some good work somebody needs to do is if they hear the, or have the thought process of, I have to be this person before I walk in that room, or mm-hmm. um, I've got to, if, if they saw me this way, which is my big corporate mm-hmm. America one was, you know, if mm-hmm. anybody knew who the country dude was in corporate America, nobody would do business yep. with me. And now look, yep. my whole brand is country dude who cusses too much, drinks too much and, and, and talks like I talk, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I yep. think that's, you know, in, Coming, looking at it in the military world, I think that is a big thing as well, especially as mm-hmm. we see more and more uh, female senior leaders, and especially now that uh, women are now uh, taking combat roles and becoming combat leaders, you know, there's this perception, I think, for a lot of them that they have to lead a certain way to mm-hmm. be effective. And that's rooted in probably a lot of their early career within the military before the, you, you saw a lot of, of Mm -hmm. very high qualified uh, females in senior leadership positions. Now Mm -hmm. they're, you know, it's impacting how they do their job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, the response may actually look the same in terms of like, so it's one thing to to feel inferior. So now we're overcompensating, right? We're we're using um, more extreme ways of doing things because of that. But you may do those same things, but operate out of the belief of I know what I'm doing. Like I've right. I've got this, and so it it matters how it you feel inside. And that's why, you know, especially with people in the military, while we're on that topic, you know, you're trained to turn off your emotions, and the hardest part for people in service integrating integrating back into real life, real life stuff. I mean, with, you know, other civilians and people, civilian. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is the ability to turn your feelings back on because you can see how important it is to, to work through, through things, to be better, to level up to whatever is that you've got to stay attuned to that. And if it shuts off, then you are no longer, uh, able to listen to those signals the way that you need to. It's like kind of like a hunger cue, you know, when to eat, like your emotions, they give you indicators of certain things that you need or that need to happen. Um, so that ability to, to be in, be in touch with your feelings um, or attuned to your emotions is important. Well, I, I like what you get me to do every once in a while versus getting into what are you feeling is you always ask, where do you feel it? And, yeah. and that's always an interesting thing. And I never understood until honestly until working with you that, how much your body actually fucking talks to you when you're in different situations. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're nervous, you know, you feel it in your gut, right? You know, yeah. um, you know, when you're looking back on those stories and moments of life that got you thinking whatever way you're thinking, right? Mm-hmm. You always ask, well, where do you feel that in your body? Right. And, yeah. and it's a, it's yeah. a unique way to look at that. You're holding a thought in a particular portion of your body mm-hmm. and that's how the negative emotions affect your body overall, which is really yeah, wild yeah. for me. Yeah. There's a great book uh, called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's all about that. It's all about how your body holds trauma. It holds uh, emotions. And uh, if you don't go through the, you know, a healthy stress cycle response release of emotions, then it's going to stay stuck there. And the well, other interesting thing about that too – but most people are taking care of those those negative emotions by escaping through alcoholism, drugs, you know, weed, right, whatever, you know, right. uh, pouring themselves into work. So they, that's their way of coping with those those situations. Yeah, yeah, that's the instant gratification coping. That's not the long term right. lifestyle right. Right. coping. Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, the the other thing I was going to say about that is that you know, your gut has its own separate nervous system. Our body literally picks up on things before it can make it to our brain, and so um, yeah, being able to 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 realize that and how important that is is um, yeah can be really helpful. Man, 
we could continue to do this all day, Mandy. Um, I love talking <laughs> yeah. to you. I love working with you. Uh, and seriously, guys, Likewise. every session, I'm, I, I literally sit across from her at some point and tell her to fuck off. And I just say, fuck off, Mandy. And it's because she's hit me right to my core with something that I needed to think about, lean on, or or discover more about myself. And I freaking love it. So hopefully in this episode, guys, you freaking you know uh, found it within yourself to find – Somebody like Mandy, uh, an executive coach, therapist, something. And it's not about going to get fixed. It's not about, you know, going to get repaired. It's not about there's anything wrong with you. It's a literally about how to make you as a badass a hell of a lot better. As Mandy says, make the best better. So, Mandy, how do people find you? How do they get in touch with you? Um, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Super easy, super original therapistmandy.com it has <laughs> has my has my all my social handles on there it has a way to get in touch with me on there it has information about executive coaching therapy emdr all that stuff love it guys i promise uh go get a session with mandy you will absolutely not regret it um uh it's been one of the biggest impactful things for our company i can tell you mandy is the executive coach for our entire leadership team there's not a person on our leadership team that doesn't sit across from her in some form or fashion so freaking go invest in yourself go find somebody like her or her herself and watch how much it impacts your personal life your business life and ultimately where you're going to end up in life When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com, go visit one of our peer groups, and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.